Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-Tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And we are super excited today because we have our first ever guest. Guest, welcome yourself, please. Hi, guys. I'm Sophia Delgiganti from nyfugasm.com. Um, I run these great beer and yoga events all around Long Island, and we travel from brewery to brewery. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I know my wife and Mark's wife have taken one of your classes, and they were super excited about it. And we are really excited to have you here. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I'm, like, really excited to be here and try some beers with you guys. Well, thanks for joining us. I know my wife is looking forward to your uh, next event in, uh, well, we are in November, but the next event coming up, where where is that going to be? That's at Brickhouse Brewing Company, um, and it's on November 19th, and its check-in starts at 9.30 a.m. Okay, so uh, could you tell us a little bit about what beer and yoga is, how you got started with it? And... So my personal story is I lost about 73 pounds, um, and so I, I built a passion for fitness, and while I was building a passion for fitness, I really became interested in craft beer. Um, and so I got so engulfed into the community that I actually started writing about craft beer uh, for Edible Long Island, uh, Edible East End, and I also wrote for SheKnows.com, and I was their like craft beer expert, which was pretty fun. That's a that's a good title to have. I, I yeah, that's one of the ones that I'm striving to gain for myself: craft beer expert. Yeah, I I would never ever call myself an expert though, because I think there's so much that you can learn. Yeah. Like, so there's always new stuff you can learn. So I would hesitate to ever call myself an expert. But um, Enthusiast. Yes, I'm an enthusiast. I would say, like, kind of, you ever guys ever heard of the beer wench? Yes. Yes. So uh, she calls herself, like, a craft beer evangelist. And that's how I think of myself. That, that's a really good, that's the yeah, only that's, evangelizing I want to do. Yeah. and That's the kind of church I want to go to, guys. Mazel yeah, tov. And uh, I, <laughs> Cheers. not having realized it, I am apparently a craft beer evangelist myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're the one who turned you know me onto it mostly. I mean, like I mentioned a couple episodes, uh, you know, or a couple uh, days ago. I don't know if it was on air. We, uh, I, I had uh, messed up my origin story, but Mark's definitely a part of me continuing to figure this out. <laughs> I give you homework after all. Yes, you do. Yeah, we're always looking to try to learn a little bit more about the uh, the craft itself, and you know what goes into it, the methods, the mater- the materials, and just all of it you the more you, i think you you can probably agree with the see you nodding a lot that like, when you find out something new about it, it goes oh that makes total sense and now i understand a little bit more what the brewer's trying to do and i get a new story out of it it's great i learn a lot about like the craft itself but what really inspires me is the people behind craft beer and the fact that these guys girls everybody they you know work full-time jobs a lot of the time they bust their ass and it's because they love this so much they believe in this so much they want to spread the word of craft beer they want to you know share what they make with other people so that's personally what got me so inspired by the whole community i feel like everybody in it the community is like a family you know yeah that's the thing about craft beer that i think is really nice is that everyone is friendly with everybody else in the business like people aren't assholes like they're not like oh you're my competition it's like oh hey buddy what's going on how you know what can i help you out with you know when i was 
out in Riverhead picking up the beers that we've been sampling over the last few episodes. When we were at Mustache, Dan from Long Island walked in and it was like, oh, hey, what's up, man? What can we get you? And, you know, that's, I, that's what I love about it. You know, there's a camaraderie amongst all the brewers. There is, because I, I feel like it's not much of a competition. It's, uh, you know, they support one another because there is room for everybody in, in you know, the, the Long Island area. You know, there's room for different people. And each brewery is specifically known for specific things, you know. So you're not competing against anybody, really, except yourself. Right, and exactly. And there, sure, there's three currently operating breweries in Riverhead, soon to be a fourth. Yeah. But they each have, like, their own sort of niche that they fill. They do. And uh, everybody gets along. And, you know, when, again, when we were out there on Friday, you know, we started off at Crooked Ladder. We went to Mustache, and we finished off at Long Island. And there was this family of people that were basically following behind me and my wife. And like, oh, hey, where are you going next? All right, we'll see you there in about 20 minutes. <laughs> what did we do? Mark, I thought I've spoken to you about adopting random families again. <laughs> All right, you're going to end up like the wagon train and, oh, you know, an Oregon Trail and someone's going to die of dysentery and it just ends terribly. We've talked about this. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I have to practice fording rivers. And, and, you know, we need to get our diphtheria shots. Um, so you said that you kind of became a craft beer enthusiast. Over the what was the first craft beer that sort of made you realize, hey, wait, there's something pretty cool about this? There are a lot, you know. Um, I remember that stupid Sam Adams cherry wheat that I am so ashamed to say that I loved back in the day. <laughs> I still kind of enjoy that every once in a while. <laughs> there's no sh there's no shame in what you like as long as it's not Miller Lite. It's okay. Well, I, I can't drink it anymore. I think because of the other beers that I've kind of had now. So, because um, it kind of tastes artificial to me. Yeah, you, know, you could kind of taste the artificialness of it. Yeah, it's but definitely tastes like. I have no extract. hate for the beer, you know, because everybody starts where they start. You, know, you start where you start. But let me tell you. What I really think it was, was going to, do you guys remember um, John Harvard's Ale House? Oh, yes. Yeah. We spent a lot of Absolutely. time at John Harvard. Yeah. My friends used to work there. Well, our friend used so to work there. So that damn pumpkin spice beer, man. They it's, got me. It was so good. It really was a great beer. And my wife and I actually served it at our wedding. Oh, like, that's we got awesome. A, we got a keg of it and served it at our wedding. And then when we didn't finish it at the party, we <laughs> brought, brought it back to the back hotel, to hotel and kicked the keg. In, in the, the lobby. lobby of the hotel. It was a lot of fun. I would like to say that the pumpkin spice beer is like the gateway to craft beer. And even though brewers love to hate the pumpkin beer, it's brought so many people into craft beer. See, I'm... This I'm is a hotly the, contested yeah. item. I'm going to back away and let Mark. <laughs> so, and we actually have a uh, uh, pumpkin beer that we'll be tasting later on. But they're certainly not my favorite. Just because I... It's a love-hate thing. Yeah, it's and it depends on how it's done. Like, so Brickhouse's uh, Squash Buckler, I really like that one because the spicing is subtle. You know, that's that's what I don't like about them so much. A lot of the time is they're so strong in the spice that's all you taste, and you know you kind of have to have the sugared rim glass in order there it to enjoy is. it. That and, that's the thing that I know you hate. The sugared rim is the one that like makes your blood boil well just the expectation of it is everybody the thing hates that i that. dislike but do you know that's mostly like a new york like um 
like this area of the country kind of a thing. Like I went to Vermont and they were like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> they had no idea what See, I was talking about. We ain't got time about. for that nonsense around here. <laughs> no, they don't do that shit. That gives me some hope for the world. No, like I don't have personally. I don't have a problem with the sugar rim because um, it makes it more into an event, almost like into a beer, like cocktail. Like people like accessories with their drinks. Sometimes. I like that. That's a good way to think about I, it. I've never considered yeah, it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like people like their ritual, and you know, certainly sharing the rim of the glass is one of those things. But you know, for and me, it's to each their own too. Like if you don't like the sugared rim, you don't have to have it. But also, the sugared rim should not be used to cover up a shitty beer. Yes. And, and that's kind of, and I know Mark has made that, but in the past conversation, my point has always been, if the brewer takes that into effect of saying like, this is a condiment, it goes with the beer and I'm accounting for that cinnamon and sugar on the rim when you're tasting the flavor, I think it should be on there. Yeah. It's something that he, that the brewer, he or she has designed into it. Like it's taken into account. It's part of the dish. The interesting part about that though, is if you don't go to a tasting room and have that, if they bottle it, 99% of the time at home, there's no shot that I'm going to start sugar rimming my, my glass when I'm going to be, you know, drinking it. So you're going to end up do with, that for you. Yes. My wife would definitely do that for me. But, you know, she might do it twice. And then when I go, oh, I want another one, she's going to be like, nah, you're out of luck. And I'm going to start drinking a beer that doesn't taste as good as it should. Yeah. And you haven't trained the cats to do anything useful yet. So. No, no. Five cats, still useless. Got to get on that shit. Um, so with the beer and the yoga... I'm wondering, what's the population of people that you get? Do you get more yoga enthusiasts that just want to have a beer while they're doing this? Or is it beer people that are like, you know what? I'm still kind of drunk from Saturday night. Let's do some yoga Sunday morning and try to work out some of the beer. So we got like an interesting population. I would say um, half the people really like beer. But I mean, some people just really like the yoga. Some people really like the beer. But obviously, you're not the kind of yoga person that takes yoga as like a spiritual practice. You don't take it too seriously. Because the people that take yoga too seriously are going to be like, you're bastardizing yoga right now. Yeah. You know? Like I had like, um, I originally called one of my events. It was in coordination with Yelp, Namaste Bitches, because it was for like um, cats and dogs. It was to benefit shelters. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I was like, oh, that's funny. Well, whoa. <laughs> pump the, pump the um, brakes there, lady. You're being mean. Like, holy shit. Like, everybody, like, got on me on, like, Instagram saying, you know, you're ruining a, a, a beautiful practice by putting the word butt bitches in there. And I'm like, okay, all right. Well, actually, you're probably not in my target demographic, so that's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lose sleep at night. And but we actually did have to change the name because it was in coordination with Yelp. And, you know, like when it's with a big thing, they don't want to, like, take right. chances. So we called it Downward for Dogs instead. Okay. That's still clever. I like that. That's yeah. still a fun fun. It was yeah. kind of fun. Now, what do you do if you get someone that – if someone shows up to the event and they're kind of – and they are kind of like, hey, this is this is what my expectation of yoga is. And I really expect this very specific practice. And – what you're doing is not really what I'm into. Like, have you ever gotten people that Never, are like, not once. I'm not into this and just leave? People always just have the best fucking time ever. So that's sounds great. Yeah. So like we haven't had any problems at all. You know, I start 
you know, class I'll go in, I introduce myself, um, sometimes make beer recommendations uh, from what's at the brewery. But for the most part, people know what they're going to get. Like if you're drinking beer and you're, you know, doing yoga, I'm pretty sure they know it's not going to be like a super serious yoga practice. That, that's good. I'm, it just if from my experience of working with humans, like you don't always get people that are rational and understand like how to take things a little bit lighter. Sometimes you get people that yeah. are a little too serious on things. So the like, I, I think that with this type of event, what makes it good for people is that if they've never done yoga before, it's completely accessible. You're going to feel like, oh, it's at a brewery. Like I'll take a chance and take a class at a brewery. That'll be fun. You know, so that's what I like about it is People maybe that have never worked out before, people that have worked out, people that have done yoga a thousand times, they all like it. That's, I, listen, and I haven't got, I haven't gotten a chance to come down to one, but like I said, I know my wife really enjoyed it when she did it and she's done practices at a number of different studios and has some she likes, has some she doesn't like, but she was super excited about yours. Yeah. And of course we have like, our demographic is mostly female, you know? So like, you know, we get mostly women. But uh, guys do come and they have a great time. And I always say guys that are in craft beer, I'm like, dude, there's a lot of girls at the event. What's wrong with you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, like, I know my wife was uh, super excited to you know, recount to me how you incorporated holding a pint of beer while doing some of the poses for the, uh, the first one that she attended at the uh, 1940s. Oh my God, that was the best ever. And honestly, um, I think we're the only people that do beer and yoga classes that have actually brought the pint into the practice. So that's, I, I pride myself on that. I talked to my yoga instructor and I said to her, I was like, hey, you know, I really want to work in the beer to the yoga. And, you know, I've talked to other people and they're always like saying, how does this work? Does it like, do you drink the beer while you do yoga? Do you drink it after? And I think people like when they hear, that you drink the pint usually afterwards, they get kind of like upset. They're like, oh, okay. I have to wait? Right. I don't want to wait. Yeah, so I was like, it makes it a little more complicated because people have to make their beer decision like early on. You know, they have to commit to whatever beer it is that they're going to be drinking through the whole class. But, you know, we have, you know, like the um, bartenders there to guide everybody. I try and give my own um, recommendations in advance too. I try and liken beers to different flavor profiles like if you haven't had your morning orange juice have this juicy ipa or like if you haven't had your coffee have this stout it has like notes of coffee in it you know so i try and like bring like people that might not not know anything about beer like say okay like if you like this if you like this you'll like this that's definitely a good way to get people started is there any and I agree. It's a great way. I'm sorry to step on you there. No, right? go ahead. Um, my wondering is, like, is there a style of beer that you would say, like, you know what? This is not for beer and yoga. Like, this is not the right style to be going with. It's just I wouldn't recommend it right well, now. Well, I think <laughs> I think a lot of things can go really well or really badly. I would say most of the people that come to beer and yoga are not, like, super, super experienced, like, craft beer drinkers like here. Okay. You know? Um, they've had craft beer. They maybe know a couple style names, but they don't know like much. So that's why I try and bring in those flavor profiles that they understand. But then also I would not recommend, usually do not recommend sours because that's kind of an acquired taste, you know, for some people. Um, 
And also, unless you're a really big wine drinker, then you might love sours. But, you know, it depends on what kind of wine that you drink, you yeah. know. So, and then also higher ABV beers may have adverse effects on your balance. <laughs> so, you know, any kind of imperial situations may not uh, necessarily be the best choice. Or I like kind of feel, for, though, like... Our pension for uh, triples on this podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just kind of, though, in a way... You're just giving yourself a little extra um, incentive or like, you know, making it like a little bit harder. So maybe you could like practice some of your balance while you're a little inebriated. It, it makes sense to me. I mean, it's, if it, you're it if might, you're wiggling, you got to you got to work it might harder. Work your so. core a little bit more while you're trying to keep your balance because of that social lubrication. That you're there drinking. you go. There you go. So I think my last question that I need to ask you is. Is there a pose or position that has yielded the most humorous results in this? Oh. Of most spilled beer, most accidents happening, like that that just you, you when you know this one's coming up, you're just like, Yeah, it's something awesome's gonna happen here. Well, you know, actually we've had pretty good results. I'm surprised and I look at these people and I'm like god damn you guys are good because I'll be watching the class I'll be like taking video you know for later on and they're actually doing pretty well like we have not spilled a drop of beer guys not a drop of beer yet that no is... down soldiers yeah that... yeah that's fantastic I figured ruined... it would be a lot of wounded <laughs> there have been none so like we well, haven't had any wood. casualties yeah seriously but um I like um I think there's a few of my favorite poses. We have one that's like a drunken warrior. It was my idea to come up yeah, with these alternate Yeah, that was one of the names. ones that my wife uh, reported it's, back You on. know, everybody knows what warrior pose looks like, and you're just holding your pint. But then you kind of like take it back and take a sip, you know, and then you pull it forward, and then, oh, but you need some more beer, so take another sip, you know. And then there was one time that she had them standing up with their pint glasses straight in front of them, and everybody had to sit down without using their hands. Oh. So I was like thinking, God damn, there's going to be some beer down. Spillage. But not one drop. So I was like, I clapped for everybody. I'm like, give your guys selves a hand because you did such a good job on that. I, I'm, I guess it's, you know, it's the matter of uh, increasing the focus, you know. Saving myself is one thing, but the beer is much more important. We have to make sure that's safe and not splashed all over the place. Exactly. It's, it's like extra incentive not to screw up. That makes a lot of sense. The um, my question, my last question is, how long is uh, is the class? Is it an hour long? Yeah, it's an hour long class. Um, so it's your typical like length of a yoga class. Um, but what I like about it is not too serious. It's not too difficult. It, there's challenging aspects of it, like you know, if you want to try a handstand, go ahead. But there's no like pressure. There's always like different things that you could try. So it's pretty cool. That's interesting. I'm definitely, I actually want to try doing yoga because I sit all day long at work and I notice my lower back hurts a lot and I do work out a bunch, but it doesn't necessarily help with uh, my flexibility. I used to be super flexible and I'm definitely not anymore. So, yeah. It helps with the muscles too. Like if you're working out a lot, like um, if you run anything like that, or if you use your arms, it's always a really good way to balance that whole thing out. So you don't get like really tight. Justin, what I just heard is you volunteering for after the episode, you trying a couple out and us taking pictures of you. That sounds like a plan. I'm actually really, really into it. Like I, I've been wanting to do it for a long time, and I, I play as well, with Mark I can and Kevin. Vouch for that. He's been talking about uh, starting yoga at one of the 
I'm not sure the proper term for it, but the, one of the local joints in Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, with uh, as much as I sit and I um, I play a lot of golf in the summer, so summertime is pretty much all golf, and then um, hanging out with these two fools. Actually, our yoga instructor teaches at Yogayama, so uh, I can get you some of her um, the details of the days that she does yoga. She uh, works at Yogayama right here in Patchog. Oh, that's great! I would love I'd love that. It'd be it'd be nice to have a, at least a recommendation of a place that I'm going that's you know gonna be gonna be cool. I'm not I'm definitely on less on the spiritual end and more on the uh, the the functional end of it yeah like the added bonus to me is um not just you know the um flexibility and like stretching aspect of it but um it helps kind of me clear my head a little bit or try to clear my head and makes me realize holy shit i'm always thinking about a thousand fucking things all the time so like it's it's a good way for you to just concentrate on your breath concentrate on holding that pose and not be thinking about the laundry list of fucking things you have to do that day yeah that's that's definitely something that i can get behind is i tend to try to manage eighteen thousand things all at once in my head that's really cool i'm I'm, I'm glad this exists and that somebody's taken two things that are so what most people would think opposite and put them together like beer and yoga um you ready to try some beers with us of course okay so well, before we get yeah. there, is there anything oh. that you would like to touch upon that we didn't get to? Oh, okay. Well, um, let me think. Um, another thing is that you were saying that it doesn't seem like they're linked, and a lot of people say that to me. Beer and yoga don't really go together, but a lot of people that are into craft beer are very outside the box, like thinkers. You know, they're progressive. So, like a lot of the times, things like yoga, you know, goes hand in hand with that because it's you know, something to try, something kind of meditative, something for flexibility. But then think about the Tough Mudder. You know, you guys ever yeah. go to the Tough Mudder or try the Tough Mudder? I've done three Tough Mudders. So, I've like, not been brave enough to try myself. It's, Nor I. uh, it's scary because uh, the first one I did, I fell off of a 12-foot wall and, like, screwed up my back. Yeah. So I wasn't able to finish the first one that I did. But... Um, the thing that's really cool about craft beer, and it's linked with fitness, honestly. A lot of people don't think of it that way, but there's the beer mile. They always serve beer after Tough Mudder. Well, and that and like uh, Hopchon has like a running club, I They believe. do. They have a running club as well. So, I mean, I myself have been trying to organize a 5K that would be like a beer 5K. And my dream is to do it in Riverhead and have people stop at each brewery, like along each of the paths i'm interested that would be totally fun i have no desire to run just because i hate running i have an automobile if i need to go distances but for beer i might lope slowly in that direction yeah i mean (laughs) how awesome does it feel to have like a beer after a workout i gotta do the workout first because i just don't do that i'm i'm the i'm i coach i don't train i just yell at kids (laughs) (laughs) But um, we do have some beer here that yeah. we've been drinking, and we've been sipping on one while we've been talking. And uh, and um, but where is it from today, Justin? All right, we're doing Crooked Ladder today. We're All right, keep so staying that's in the Riverhead, of our Riverhead guys, right? Yeah. So just a quick uh, overview of how they got started. They opened in July 2013, and uh, Mark, Kevin, and I were both were all three of us lucky enough to actually attend a. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was their opening day, if not their opening weekend. And um, we we were you know super happy to see a new uh, new venue open up. I believe it was Long Island, and then Crooked Ladder was the was the second one. Yes, uh, 
was Crooked Ladder? Yeah, I believe Crooked Ladder opened up before Mustache opened up their tasting room. Yeah, that's what I. That's how I remember it. Um, for if I'm wrong, we apologize, Mustache. But they were opened by David and Stephen Worth uh, with the brewer David uh, Duffy Griffiths, excuse me. And um, David and Stephen own Digger Odell's, which is the restaurant right next door to um, uh, to Crooked Ladder. Yeah, it's a Crooked Ladder. Awesome place. I oh. recommend the Chicken O'Brien. That is an awesome setting. Yeah, the, uh, the it's an excellent restaurant, and um, uh, Duffy Griffiths owns t- two delis named Duffy's. That uh, when I say that to people, everyone knew about them except for me, so I'm gonna have to check them out. Uh, the, um, Duffy's no longer brewing for them. The current head brewer, and you know, keeping our string of names that are impossible for us to pronounce, Stevie Salatka. Again, sorry Stevie if I screwed that up, but um, we're gonna taste some of your beers today. And what's pretty neat about Stevie is apparently he's a local firefighter. I was gonna say Stevie sounds Stevie. With name I can't pronounce, sounds like one of the local Polish folks that we have in that neighborhood. Yes, apparently he's a local volunteer firefighter, which fits in with the uh, the Crooked Ladder name. Well, that's awesome. We like well, that. Yeah, I mean, on a sort of an aside, Crooked Ladder does have like an old fire truck that they uh, converted to like a beer dispenser that they take to the various festivals. Yes, actually, I looked into renting it for Jake's first birthday, nice. and uh, <laughs> we we couldn't couldn't swing that. I would have had to charge admission. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time. There's always second birthday. <laughs> so our first beer that we're going to taste from our buddy Stevie, even though we've never met him, um, is going to be the, their October Ale Fest. And there's a couple hyphens and some parentheses in the name. So that's how I'm going to choose to uh, to say it. Well, so I, the way that they're calling that, so like an Oktoberfest beer is traditionally a lager. But Cricket Ladder does not have the equipment in order to maintain lagering temperatures so it's an ale beer in the tradition of a german style martin but it's not technically a martin because it's ale yeast and not lager yeast well that makes perfect sense to me and as we poured it out as i usually like to start off with is just the wonderful color of the beer and this is a nice amber hue it's a little bit not cloudy but i mean it's a little bit shade darker than uh than amber I'd say, and um, no real head to speak of, no real bubbles, but the nose of it totally smells of that traditional Oktoberfest-style beer. It definitely does, and now that you've uh, kind of schooled me on why they're calling it an ale fest versus a lager, when I taste it, I think now I understand why it doesn't taste like other Oktoberfest beers that I've had before, like a Sam Adams Oktoberfest and things like that. Yeah, so, I mean, the, uh, so you can sort of fake an Oktoberfest, you know, a, a, a Martin with an, a clean L yeast, but the L yeast is still going to generate uh, esters and phenols that contribute a little bit to the flavor that you're not going to get with lager yeast. So this is still a very clean tasting beer, but there's, you know, there's definitely a little bit of fruitiness in there from the yeast character thrown off. It's not bad in any way, but it's definitely not traditionally Oktoberfest. That makes sense. And just to give out some numbers, the uh, the alcohol content 6% and our uh, bitterness units are at 22. All right. That seems like right in the wheelhouse for most Oktoberfests. And um, I want our I want our guests to chime in here. I, I, you're ready to go. I see I yeah. see there's notes and everything. So, yeah, so lay it notes. on us. Uh, well, I've had a lot of Oktoberfest style Marzen beers. You know, I really love the style because to me – Instead of, you know, a lot of lagers, they're kind of have a watery, they don't really have too much going on, maybe a slight bit of hop character, but 
what I love about Oktoberfest style ales and beers is that they've got a really beautiful malty backbone like that keeps the beer like standing up and you could see that in the color of the beer you could taste it you could smell caramel you know usually um, my favorite um, Oktoberfest style ales Marzen are like really um, malt forward and they have like um, a really beautiful caramel flavor and smell to them so like when I smell this beer when I smell it I don't really get too much caramel and when I taste it I get like a slight bit um, but um, compared to one of the best uh, Marzen's I've had which is a uh, Hacker Shore Oktoberfest that's a German that it's a German it's from like Germany so like to me they're like well they fucking know what they're doing you know exactly yeah <laughs> so um, to me like this is you know pretty decent because especially um the restraints that they had the constraints you know when they were uh, brewing it because they have to keep it at cooler temperatures but um it, you know it's pretty good but i would like to see just a little bit more um caramel maybe that comes with um the grain bill maybe that comes with you know the type of malt that they're using or maybe maybe even the hop variety that they use the bitterness because this certainly does have like most Martins don't have a real prominent sort of hoppiness to them, but this certainly has not, uh, I would say, assertive, but it's definitely a distinct bitterness to it mm -hmm. that might be muting some of those caramelly tones that could be there from the malt, but you just can't pick them up because of the bitterness. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was um, a more bitter version of an Oktoberfest than I'm, than I'm really used to. I, I didn't get a ton of bitterness in it. I thought it pretty much hit the um, Oktoberfest style pretty well. No, um, I'm not trying to say that it's overly bitter in any sort of way. I'm just saying that it's, uh, you know, just, it's not that it's strong in any way, but just more assert assertive than a traditional German. Okay, I can, I can understand that. Um, Justin, do you have the info of what hop they might have used on it? Let me see. I, I don't. The um, keeping in the tradition of the uh, the Riverhead breweries, they did not have a. Uh, they had more information than most. But uh, their their flavor text was a medium bodied amber marzen style ale. The, this classic fall season beer has a low hop character that leads to a more sweetie sweet malty finish, which I don't think we're we're quite getting. But that doesn't mean it's not there. And also, there's like a um, right now. There's kind of a trend to move towards uh, more malt forward beers. Uh, there has been like in the past, you know, people have been killing their palates with IPAs. Yeah. You know, which is a trend that none of us are, yeah, are terribly I mean, fond of on this podcast. I, I was not a big fan of IPAs until I went to San Diego and then I could see why they made IPAs so much because that is just the weather to be drinking IPAs, man. You drink them on the beach, watching the waves roll in. I mean, come on, life is good. Um, but, um, I like to see more malt forward beers because I, you know, we're all going into how much you can do with hops, and everybody's making these um, these different IPAs, like maybe with a Cascade or a, a whatever. But are we really like going into the malt? Are we really going into the grain? Are we making malt-forward beers that um, maybe utilize a, one specific grain to showcase that grain? You know, it doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. And the, the other thing on sort of on that subject that I'm not terribly a fan of is that a lot of craft brewers 
are just taking traditional styles and then just throwing way too many hops in them than is appropriate. And it's not necessarily the best thing to do in a lot of cases. Yeah, it's kind like, of a contest. How many different hops can we kind of smash together? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think I've had, like, a couple IPAs that have, like, 10 hop varieties. Is like, holy shit. Like, probably, like, uh, other half, you know, uh, single cut. You know, they're known for their IPAs. Like, but um, how many IPAs can you drink in one sitting and really get the distinction between all of them? You can't. Yeah. You for know? me, it's, like, two at most. Like, yeah. And that depends on what the first one is. Yeah. I mean, it also depends if it's a regular just IPA or if it's a double IPA or triple IPA. So, you know, we're moving on to the next beer. But before we do that, how about we go around and give a rating to the uh, October Ale Fest? And uh, I'm just going to run through the rating system real quick just to re- remind our guests. I know you've listened to a couple episodes, but I just want to let everybody know. Um, it's a five-point system. And it's based on how much of the beer that you want to drink. It's not necessarily about the about the style or the quality of it. It's it's really how much of the beer that you want to drink of it. So we start off with a taster glass, then we go with a pint, then there's a bomber, a growler, and a keg. So, um, Justin, why don't you get us started on a uh, the Oktoberfest here? What's your thoughts on this October Ale Fest? There's hyphens and stuff. I I never seen it in writing, so you got to help me out. <laughs> Our October Ale Fest. Um, because of the, the sort of more uh, bitter taste um, than a typical Oktoberfest, I'm probably going to go with a pint. I think um, it would definitely be an interesting beer to have uh, on hand to have a pint at a time, but I'm not really going to want much more than that. I'm in agreement with you there. It's, uh, as Sophia was saying, you know, I prefer that sort of caramely note, like much more malt-driven character, and it's just not as prominent in this example. For me, personally... Um... Oktoberfests are one of my favorite styles of beer. I'm always excited um, when they start coming out onto the shelves. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I think I'm going to go with a bomber on this. I probably want a couple pints of it. Um, you know, I might share a little bit. But for the most part, I think I'm going to stick with this as mine and keep it out of bomber. How about you, Sophie? I think um, for if, my, if it's just my personal consumption, I'll, That's I'll go all with it is. a pint. Then I'll go with a pint, you know, because I would want to give some other stuff a shot, you know, for the night. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that, and that's, I think that's part of the simple elegance of our system. It's it's about you. We're not worried about, you don't have to worry about other people too much. Yeah. We're Yeah, we're not grading to style guidelines here. It's just how much of it do we personally want to drink. All so right. what's our second beer that we got going on here, Justin? We have um, one of their standards. I'm, as far as I'm aware, I'm pretty sure this beer has been around since the beginning. Um, it may be even be the base for some of their other beers. It's called the uh, the Gypsy Red. Uh, it's an American red ale, 5% ABV with a 28 IBU. And um, what we should be seeing is a medium-bodied American red ale, malty in flavor with slight chocolate and caramel undertones. Gypsy Red is one of our flagship beers and is available year-round. So this one does not go off tap. Now, last time I was out at this brewery, I noticed that they had uh, the Gypsy Red is one of their beers that they kind of play around with. They took it, I think they um, barrel aged some of it, and uh, I'm sure they've done some other stuff with it as well. But um, I, I'm seeing that with a lot of breweries. They have one or two beers that they are kind of their baseline, and then they're able to, to play with it and mix it up. It seems to me it's like their flagship beer, you know, what they become known for. Yeah, it's... Crooked Ladder for me, it's definitely their Gypsy Red and also their Kolsch. And uh, I'm a fan of their Kolsch because 
I love Kolsch and you don't really see it very much. Yeah, that one was really good when we went when we went out there and had it. I enjoyed it. There's also a Long Ireland makes a Kolsch, uh, and that's with in um, with um, Platten Deutsch Park. Platten Deutsch Park. Platten yeah. Deutsch Deutsch. Is it Deutsch? I think I believe it's. I douche. feel like I'm gonna be. You a might jerk be right. Yeah, it's, douche. yeah, you're right. It's probably Deutsch. Platten Deutsch Park. Platten Deutsch Park. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Deutsch, like Deutsche Bank. Right. So let's start off with our usual analysis of the color here. And I'm telling you, the Gypsy Red, I, maybe it's the couple beers talking, but man, it looks almost exactly like the Oktoberfest. It does. It's the same color. That's exactly of, what I was thinking. Of, it does have the slightest sort of red tint to it. Yeah, but sometimes when I think of a, you know, when, when you throw red in the title of a beer, I kind of expect a much more ruby tinge to show up to it. And I'm not really seeing that in here. I mean, this is exactly sort of what I, I I didn't necessarily know right notice right away that the, it's the same as Oktoberfest, and it is. The color is very very similar. There is definitely more of a red undertone to it, but it's oh, not yeah, like I'm red. Not, I'm not saying that it's yeah. not similar in color. I'm I did pour saying. out of the right growler this time, right? Yes. Yes, okay. you did. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm not messing up here and blaming them for my mess up. Yeah, well, won't all of us go, hey, this tastes a lot like an Oktoberfest. Then we'll know. <laughs> so well, I don't nose, get much of an aroma on it myself. Yeah. In the nose, um, I get some some hop aroma in there, uh, which you get a lot with red ales, um, but nothing really that um, sticks out at me. Smells no. a little um, smells a little like uh, Cascade, like we've had in the past, but uh, I'm not good enough to ex- say exactly. Justin, can you check or confirm? Confirm I, or deny? I cannot confirm or deny any of the hop varieties. Okay, so uh, what do we have as a taste? Let's uh, take a sip and see what we got. It's um, it tastes like a red ale to me. I mean, it's definitely along the lines of what I think of when someone's gonna pour a red ale. It's very good. Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, got a little bit of bitterness to sort of clean your palate off so that you're ready for that next sip. And uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely like one of uh, this beer from them. Very clean flavor. I think when they uh, first opened up. Uh... This was their best beer that they had on tap. You know, now um, they have definitely uh, other beers that stand out. Uh, but I think this is, you know, good for a red ale. Um, you could drink this. It's not too high in ABV. Um, and so you got something to bite onto with a little bit of hops. And, um, yeah, it's overall like a pretty decent beer. Justin, did you say what the alcohol content is on this? Yes, it's uh, five percent. All right, so very sort of sort of at the high end of sessionable, but still very sessionable. Yes, I mean for me, I'm taking a sip, and it's it's not really exciting me all that much. I'll be honest. Um, it's kind of I get my one taste, my one flavor. It seems a little flat in profile and flavor profile to me, and I'm not super excited about it. Having had the one that they barrel aged, that one was much more interesting and much more of a flavorful beer to have than this one. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting the the flat version of that now. Like that's the one that I want, not this one. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, the uh, the barrel aged one having the you know vanilla notes from the wood with and uh, just a sort of smoother. Uh, flavor profile from the the wood aging definitely uh, 
special in comparison to this one, but I understand what you're saying there. The barrel is also going to increase the the um, the mouthfeel as well, right? It's going to make it a little bit of a thicker beer. Possibly. I mean, I I don't know if they are actually like barrel aging or if they're just putting oak inside their stainless tanks because mm-hmm. they have such a small space there. Yeah. I know they have a separate warehouse, but I you know never having seen it, I don't know if they actually have barrels there or like you know. As a, for instance, to give you an example, so Brickhouse, you know, we all love their Carrick Fergus, which <laughs> is a, you know, barrel-aged Scotch Ale, mm-hmm. but they're, they don't use barrels for it. They actually just hang wood inside of their stainless tanks to contribute the wood flavor. To so the I could just take a chunk of white oak from my wood shop in my basement, and we can use that to give it flavor? Well, yeah, that's why I asked you, like, if you've got any, like, cherry or whatnot, because, you know, we can put that in the oven, toast it up a little bit, and then just throw it in some homebrew and get some tasty results. We could make that happen. I have a bunch of cherry, some white oak, a ton of stuff. Yeah, just do me a favor. Make sure it's not coated in like the sawdust from the MDF stuff that you've been <laughs> chopping up sometimes too, and and you know to end up with some you know really horrible like formaldehyde thing that's gonna murder us all in our sleep. <laughs> no, no, I will make sure that it's all nice and clean. Um, so let's uh let's go around. Uh, Mark, why don't you start us off this time on your uh, your rating for the Gypsy Red? The Gypsy Red for me is gonna be a bomber. I could certainly enjoy a couple of glasses of the glasses of this back to back without a problem, but uh, after that, I'm going to want some other variety. I'm going to. Uh, I'm also going to go bomber. That's the that's the number for me. I definitely two glasses of this would be a would be a, um, a good start. I go with the pint, um, not because it's not a good beer, but generally, I have a hard time with beer monogamy. <laughs> yeah, you, you're you're just uh, running around just all, all running around the whole bar with all the different beers. <laughs> it's hard yeah. for me to commit to more than one of any beer. So if which I've beer is taking you one... home? Just the last one you run into? <laughs> what? I said which beer is going to take you home? Just the last one you run into? Oh well, you know, <laughs> it depends. I mean, it depends what I started with, what I ended with, because once you have like three beers, you're not remembering that many more after that. <laughs> Yeah, the I'm, I'm I'm the same way. These guys know I'll go into a beer place, and if they have like four or five bombers that I want to try, I'll buy all of them and then come home. And then Mark looks at me like, "We're not going to drink all of this. Why did you yeah, we, buy? We can't all sit of these? all this down at once." My husband will be like, um, "How much did you spend at the distributor?" <laughs> well, I've I've gotten that I've definitely gotten that look from the wife when I come home with a couple different things of why do you have all this? We don't even really drink during the week. What's happening? At least now we have the excuse. It's for the podcast. Exactly. It's like and half the that's reason we the did big this. secret. That was part of the big reason we started doing this. For me personally, I'm going to put this at a pint. I'll have one. Like I said, I, I'm glad they make this beer as the base to try to start to do other things. But I want one. Let it be the beginning of the flight. And let's move on from there to stuff that's a little more interesting. Oh, pardon me. And the thing that's a little more interesting, hopefully, will be the uh, out of my vine. Right? Yeah, this is their uh, their pumpkin. So um, Mark is, is guaranteed to give this one a pint. That's what I'm gonna call right now. Um, <laughs> or a taster. No, no, he won't go taster. <laughs> He'll go pint. I'm pretty sure. I don't dislike pumpkin beer that much. Right. It's just the sugar that drives you crazy. So the expectation of the sugar. That's that's <laughs> deeper than I can go right. Don't now. be expecting no sugar. That's like expecting sex on a first date. <laughs> well, that, I you know I went into this in the Brickhouse episode, but you know I I like that at Brickhouse they actually tell you this is a very sweet beer. 
you know, the brewmaster recommends that you drink it without the sugar glass. But if you must, we can put the sugar on the glass for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a, we're all a big fan of, uh, of Brickhouse, and I think that made Mark love it even more. So for our pumpkin ale, we have a 5.7 ABV, and as we would expect, super low IBU of 6. And uh, to tell you what we should be expecting is a medium-bodied pumpkin ale, a seasonal treat brewed with cinnamon and fresh uh, ginger. It has a slightly a, a slight roasty and sweet malt backbone and is a medium brown in color. And just from looking at it, the color is certainly medium brown. And oddly yeah, enough, looks a... very much like the Oktoberfest and the Gypsy Red. <laughs> it's it's definitely paler than the other two, though. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just a... they're so close. It's like I would say it's a shade lighter, but yeah, it's definitely. If you didn't have the other two, you could say that they're all the same. Like we're looking at the. <laughs> Sophia's holding her glass next to the clear growler that we have of the Oktoberfest, and I think she's coming up with the fact that it's pretty close right away. It's pretty much the same color. Well. We just really like this color beer today, guys. Hey, to me, this is fall, this is fall beer. Like this is what it should be. Like it, when the summer, when the sun's out shining, you you get your light beer, you get your bright color beer, and as the leaves turn darker, you get darker beer, and you start you know drinking stuff that has some body to it. Exactly. I so, took a couple of sips, and uh, it's it's just a solid pumpkin beer. I'm I'm a fan, and uh, I'm gonna make Mark really angry and say that if I had a sugar rim on this, I would like it even more. Um, and, and that's I, I typically don't like sugar rims, but this one it doesn't need it. It definitely doesn't need it, but I, I can see how it would enhance the flavor of the beer. It would definitely bring out a little more of the sweetness. I mean, as far as the nose is concerned, it's got a little bit of sweet smell to it. You can get a little bit of the cinnamon in the nose, but the taste is really sweet. Once you hit your lips, you taste the sweetness. It's got that little bit of a syrupiness to it that I really like in pumpkin beers, but it's not pumpkin pie spice it's you know it's not all the spices it's got more of the pumpkin kind of flavor to me mark's mulling i yeah. I, I i see if, if there was a loading circle on your head it would be spinning right now uh yeah i mean it's not as bad as some pumpkin beers are the spice is definitely more subdued but it's still to me about the spice and not about the pumpkin and that's really kind of why i have a complaint about pumpkin beers in general is it just becomes dominated by the spice and the pumpkin is sort of lost in the background let's be for reals though when you eat pumpkin pie are you like oh get rid of this fucking spice i want just some pumpkin just some pumpkin no you know? i see I, do, I don't go for the pumpkin pie i'm like i'll have a piece of cheesecake what, oh so well so, so further I'm... confirmation you're a communist <laughs> so, not that I'm aware. So, someone needs America, to make a cheesecake beer. Love pumpkin pie. I I, look, look, I I love me some apple pie, and that's pretty much the staple of Americana, not pumpkin pie. All right. Listen, Thanksgiving is the American holiday, and it's about pumpkin pie. Tell that to Canada. No one cares about Canada. They don't even they don't even get off and for Canadian ap- Thanksgiving. Some yeah. some places, and they'll apologize for it anyway, and give us donuts, so it doesn't matter. What's the story of Canadian Thanksgiving? I, I don't they know. Are native freaking. Like... I don't. All I know is it's in October, so like Canadian Thanksgiving has already passed us. Yeah, because by the time Thanksgiving has come, by the time real Thanksgiving has come around, the entire country is coated in fourteen feet of snow. Like there's nothing to they celebrate. They probably just felt left out, and they were like, "Let's have a Thanksgiving too, guys. Let's just because the turkey industry needs a boost." Up until I was about twenty, I thought Boxing Day in Canada was actually boxing. Like, <laughs> get out your gloves, kids. It's Boxing Day. Let's go. Yeah. 
We built the ring in the backyard. And given, you know, the whole head trauma thing we know about now, if that were actually true, that would be a problem. <laughs> well, they play hockey a lot. There's a lot of boxing involved in hockey, so it makes sense. So uh, you want to get on to rating this uh, out of my vine before I get some head trauma? Sure. Uh, why don't we let our guests get started first on it? What's your, your What's your thoughts on the out of my vine? I've had a bajillion pumpkin beers in my day because it's something that I had a passion for. Like, you know, I started with um, John Harvard's pumpkin ale. Um, so I've had so many. I think this is good. Um, it de- you can definitely smell like cinnamon and maybe some nutmeg. You know, I don't think you're really getting any clove from this. And you're not getting any vanilla, which to me, vanilla is kind of like the magic to make it taste like pumpkin pie, if that's what you're going for. Okay, understand but, that. you know, like I've had pumpkin in 2000, 2014. I like the pumpkin. That's one of my, that's one of the ones I like more. That's uh, Southern Tier. Southern, Southern Tier, yeah. Yeah, and it's a good beer, but honestly, I feel like they changed the recipe within the last two years, you know, because when I drank it last year, I drank it this year, and there's not that, um, there was always this beautiful vanilla note to it, and they're they're missing it. This definitely does not have any vanilla. I would like to see, like, a little maybe, but you can definitely taste the pumpkin. The pumpkin, actual pumpkin is present. Um, and then there's some nice spice, and there is sweetness to it. So overall, it's not a bad example of a pumpkin ale. So, give us a number here. Oh, yeah. a what, number. what size? What size beverage are we is going? It, is it a pint? Is it? It's more? still it's still a pint for me because I have a really difficult time committing to more than one of any beer unless it's just fucking amazing. That's fair, and uh, I mean. So, like, Justin, you said that there's ginger in this, and I don't get ginger at all. They specifically say fresh ginger, which to me should be very forward. That should be, yeah. To me, if you're telling me it's fresh ginger, that should be, like... They probably didn't put that much in Yeah, fresh ginger, to me, like, I'm expecting, like, a noticeable, like, spiciness from the ginger, and I don't get that at all from this beer. And I'm just going to stick with the tasting on this. That would have been welcome in a beer like this. Like, it would have given it an edge over some of the other pumpkin beers. Yeah, to make it different. And that's why, like, Boulevard has their funky pumpkin, which I mean... That was good. It's a sour pumpkin beer, but, like, I enjoy that because it it is different and it's something that allows it to stand out from every other pumpkin beer that's on the show. Yeah, I've also had a pumpkin uh, IPA from um, Flying Dog, and that was really good, too. I didn't know that they had that one. Yeah, um, I forgot the name of it offhand, but it was really good. Um, it was an IPA and it had more of the pumpkin, actual pumpkin flavor, and not so much of the spice. So I'm actually doing like a list, a compilation. I'm going to post on my blog this week of uh, my favorite fall beers that I've had this so far this year. So uh, we didn't plug that earlier. What is your blog for people oh, who might just, be interested? Oh, it's just com. But stay tuned because uh, the website's probably going to change later on. And um, in early 2017, one big announcement is we are expanding into uh, the boroughs. So we're going to be having some, um, we're going to be having our first event um, at Finback in February. And um, I think in March, we're going to be doing a brand new brewing co- a brewery called uh, Wartega Brewing. And they're in um, Industry City. And um, I think that's Brooklyn over there. Yeah. 
So are we breaking news here? Is this the first time that it's been announced? This is the first time it's been announced, Boom, guys. breaking news. <laughs> I'm going to have to find some kind of, I don't know, sound. To yeah, you're going to have to edit. Do, 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 you, yeah, you got to get the 1010 wins. Boom! Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited to do that. That's it. awesome. Thank you for sharing yeah, that Yeah, no, anytime. I'm like really excited to formally, sh- like formally share the news because I've been kind of holding it under my hat for a while because... There was a lot of negotiations that had to be made and stuff like that. Getting into the New York City market is a little bit different than um, Long Island. You know, it's a little more just competitive. You know, expensive. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure the 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 overhead is definitely a. It has gone up. So unfortunately, for our beer and yoga events in New York City, we're not going to be able to maintain the fifteen to twenty dollar range. All right. Well, I mean, it's you know, if if there's something that the uh, you know my my younger brother. Uh, you know, and his his longtime girlfriend that lived in the city, and I've had family that live in the city. If there's something that they're used to, it's paying a little more for yeah for the same stuff that you can get out east mm-hmm. a little cheaper. Yeah, because you know it's just more expensive to do business in New York, yeah. and so the breweries have more overhead, so they pass that on to everybody else. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, Justin, what's your thoughts on the uh, Adam I Vine? So, what's interesting interesting to me is the Adam I Vine doesn't necessarily deliver on their flavor text. But it doesn't mean I, I liked it. I still enjoyed it. I'm, I'm actually going to go for a uh, for a bomber on it. I think I can drink two of these. It's um it's a little on the sweet side, so I may have to take a little time off in between. But I'm going to go bomber. Okay. Right. Kevin, what, sorry. What are your thoughts here to wrap uh, us up? For me, um, I'm at a pint on this. I think it's pretty good. It's not a it's not a pumpkin beer that I'm going to go hunt out. The uh, the aforementioned John Harvard's pumpkin one was one that I always made in event to go get and <laughs> yeah. and drink as much as i possibly could of in that one sitting because i just i love that beer but to me this is one of the pumpkin beers that kind of gets lost in the mix with all the other pumpkin beers um i think it's a uh, saranac uh who i'm not a huge i have in the past i haven't always been a huge fan of saranac but their pumpkin beer is one of my favorite ones out there and it's consistent yeah it, every year you get it and it's usually pretty solid and i like it um yeah but for me it's going to be a pint that makes sense. I, it's, uh, this this time of year, you get so many pumpkins that if it's not a stellar pumpkin, it, it kind of it, like you said, it gets lost and it's hard to it's hard to rate it very high. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we wrap up, I it this kind of popped into my head as we were going. I want to hit our guest with a quick six pack of questions that I want the snappiest answer in your head oh, right away man, the lightning round the lightning exactly the lightning round the quick answer i don't want you going too deep just give okay. us the first thing that pops into your head okay let's do it all right so ready question one what's your favorite beer god damn it come on what <laughs> is it what's horrible. that what's that one that you want every day every day first beer you reach for it's favorite how it's about always... this not necessarily your favorite but what's your old standby old standby what do you keep in the house all the time you're our first guest so we're working out the kinks here dale's pale ale maybe dale's pale ale okay brewery what's the brewery you're going favorite brewery to go to locally anywhere wherever anywhere anywhere oh man that's a really hard question i've been to so many breweries i i'd say right now it's finback okay What's that? Bre- what's the most desired brewery for you to visit? Like, it's, you haven't been there yet. It's on your list. Like, you want to go visit them. Top of the list. If I had a choice, I give you a plane ticket anywhere in the world right now. What's the brewery you want to go Avery. check out? What's that? Avery. Avery. Okay. Least favorite style of beer. Sours. Sours. Wow. Oh my, my best, god! Dude. Broken hearts. Don't hate them. 
<laughs> Don't uh, hate me. I'm trying, man. Right. What would be the be- what destination beer location would you love to go to? Colorado right now, then Belgium and uh, Germany. Okay. And the- um, other parts of um, like maybe Northern California because I haven't been there yet. So everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> All the beer places. All the beer places. <laughs> and lastly, favorite name for a beer that you've run across. Oh man. Um, that's a really hard one. I've had so many different beers. Um, oh man, I've had so many beers. I can't think of one, but one name I like and dislike at the same time is the slutty pumpkin. Okay. Um, because partially as a woman, you don't really want to be thrown around that term. Okay. But also, it's it is kind of hilarious because you probably, after drinking two of these, you are going to be a slutty person, and no matter what your gender is. There you go. <laughs> so we'll keep it away from Justin because he's prolific in that sense sometimes. What? Not really. <laughs> I just I, I'm just picturing you in a, in a pumpkin costume dancing around, and it's, it's scary me right I now. I don't know if I should be sitting next to this guy then right now. There's been a bloody pumpkin. There have been so many things that I've been called, and and when I get home and I tell my wife that I've I've now known as the slutty pumpkin, I didn't she's say gonna you're be so confused. Just, I don't know. I'm just thinking of you. At, I, you know what? Actually, popping into my head is the is the um, how I met your mother episode. Yes. That there's the slutty pumpkin yes. costume, and I'm picturing Justin in a pumpkin costume with you know cutouts in certain locations and it's a little terrifying to me right now wow i don't i don't know if we could be friends anymore. yes we can like, we'll hug it out later it's okay can be sexy though like think about that like it's round like you're wearing this big round costume and it's not really flattering right? it's really just where the cutouts would be that's all I think. yeah no one ever thinks of a pumpkin as a pumpkin either it's always a jack-o'-lantern so we're really saying sexy jack-o'-lantern yeah that's true that's true yeah because it's not like yeah we're just gonna dress up as a pumpkin i mean some kids do don't they people like dress up my, my son did last oh, year yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the little babies that are incapable of moving <laughs> yeah. the, so they're like a pumpkin in the rutabaga stage well, i was yeah. gonna say that's what mark and i have termed at the rutabaga yeah. stage for for like the first i mean it, it's certainly child dependent but from zero to maybe six months or greater children are just really furniture like you put them down except they make a lot of noise well yeah but you know you put them down and they're incapable like so you know if you set them down they're there when you come back like they're incapable of moving from that spot on their own Mm -hmm. so you know yeah it's it's certainly the furniture stage like that's where you start off and yes they do make a lot of noise and you have to feed them constantly and whatnot but you know you certainly miss that point in time once you're past it, when you used to be able to put them down and they were still there in the same spot yeah. when you came back. Yeah. And then they start walking and crawling and shit. Yeah. And, you know, Justin and I are we're at the point where our kids are starting to talk now. So. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the words, you know, it's constant now. Have they learned like, no? Uh, that was probably my daughter's first word oh shit where like you know most kids start off going da 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 but you know it's just them babbling like it's not associated with anything but for uh probably a month and a half at least everything my daughter no no was no everything was no even yes was no (laughs) soon very soon i can feel it it's gonna be yes we're gonna get them to say yes and they're gonna bring us beers those are the two the two two exciting things i'm 
I'm waiting to be that guy that can start training your kids to bring us beers. I'm very excited. Or a dog, you know. I mean, I think it'd probably be easier to train a dog to bring you a beer. It depends on the dog. Remy has no shot on earth. None. (laughs) Neither of my dogs do I have the faith in being able to. Mishka can't open her mouth wide enough to get it. If we made it look like a rubber ball, she would get it. But Remy's got no chance. And, like, you know, you'd have to, like, attach, like, a rope to the handle of the fridge or something, you know? And yeah, that's like, what I've seen, like, a lot of the time with, like, people that own retrievers. They'll hang, like, a, a dish towel through it and, like, knot it on there so the dog can grab the towel yeah, and tuck and the pull. door open. Yeah. That's called future life goals for me right there. That's, that's one of the things that we're working on. So now that we've got some goals to work towards, um, do you guys have anything else that you want to throw any other future life goals you want to throw in before we head out oh one of my future life goals is going to be to attend one of uh one of our, one of the uh, uh ny food gasm events yeah, yeah no doubt awesome. so what's the website that we can find you at one more time nyfoodgasm.com it'll right. be in the show excellent. notes as well what was that we'll put it in the show notes as well oh yeah absolutely you guys are all fancy and shit with your show notes nice we yeah, try we, we try to be Do you have an email list yet uh, I don't have a list no, yet. No, we don't, we don't have a newsletter. Yeah, start on that shit. All That's right, MailChimp it is. Let's do it. All right, no problem. <laughs> it's free. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to wrap us for this episode. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you as our first guest. Anytime. I would love to come back whenever you guys want somebody else in the, in the mix. We'll definitely have to figure that out. But yeah, yeah, we'll certainly 100%. have you back. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us on this Beertastic Voyage. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and cheers for local beers.